Hello, hello, my Liddy loves. Welcome to When We're Poetic with your host, Storm, and your host, Keith. This is a podcast about a Black king and queen coming together to discuss and dissect literature. We are back with another one, ladies and gentlemen. It's August, and I think that's a good time to review the principle of unity. There is a global pandemic occurring at this moment. We all know that. A global, global pandemic, excuse me. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so unity among each other is definitely a topic that is paramount to the current climate that we have found ourselves in, have been placed in, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but first, our greetings. Keith, my man with the plan. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I feel amazing. What's the last thing that you ate? Sosqua. Sosqua. Ooh, you got skills, huh? With rice. <laughs> With some rice. And uh, um, you just got to be Haitian to know that meal, y'all. G, a sosqua is definitely one of my faves. Um, how well did you sleep last night? Hmm. Yeah, think about it. <laughs> was it good sleep? I think I slept all right. Mm. Uh, I woke up without the alarm, so. Oh, that's good sleep. That was very good sleep. I woke up and turned the alarm off right before it came on. Oh, that means your body telling you it was ready to face the day. Ready for something. <laughs> right, it could be an alarm. <laughs> you ain't going to give me sucker. <laughs> How'd you sleep? Uh, I slept. I slept pretty good. Not as good as I wanted to. Um, it took me some time to go to sleep. Um, and you know, I'll be near like 50, 11 hours. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get 50, 11 hours, y'all. Mm. So, um, it wasn't that great. But I slept. Um, and I did not have any bad dreams. So, that is my goal, usually. <laughs> so, I made my goal. So, that's fine. That's beautiful. Oh, man. So, today's topic. We will be covering... Dutty, Dutty, a eh, no, that's not his name. Dutty Bookman's Prayer and um, Sal Neg by Legendary, the legendary Jacques Romain. All right, in this episode, we're diving into cross cultural connections. So, we got a Jamaican voodoo priest joining and starting a slave uprising in Haiti to the left, and to the right, we have a Haitian poet who had a huge impact on Langston Hughes. The Langston Hughes, Harlem Renaissance, come on, y'all. Yeah. The two were good friends and inspired many people worldwide while inspiring each other, which I think is such a beautiful thing. Mm. When your love for each other gives love and inspiration to like cross-cultural <laughs> nations right. across, you know what I mean? I think that's such a beautiful thing. I think that's actually the goal of connections, you know, and love is mm. to do that, right? Mm. So when you think of cultures that do the opposite, uh, you know. They're not getting it. <laughs> They're not getting the hint, right? Yeah, on the same page. They're not. So we're going to start off with Bookman's Prayer um, because I just feel like it's a great it's a great way to start, man. You know? So you're going to read it for us? It's a short prayer. Sure. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Bookman's Prayer. Mm-hmm. The following prayer is supposed to have been given by Dutty Bookman during the Boakima meeting. Boakima. Boakima. 1791, August 14th. 
The God who created the earth, who created the sun that gives us a light, the God who holds up the ocean, who makes the thunder roar, our God who has ears to hear. You are who you are hidden in the clouds. You who are hidden in the clouds, who watches from where you are. You see all that the white has made us suffer. The white man's God asks him to make to commit crimes. But the God within us wants to do good. Our God who is so good, so just, he orders us to revenge our wrongs. It's he who will direct our arms and bring us to the victory. It's he who will assist us. We all should throw away the image of the white man's God, who is so pitiless. Listen to the voice for liberty that speaks in all our hearts. Mm. Now, nice and short. Mm-hmm. Bookman's prayer, y'all. So, Dutty Bookman was a leader in the Haitian Revolution, a leader of the uh, Maroons, a voodoo priest, as we stated. We do not know his date of birth, so we don't have a zodiac sign because slaves were not typically mm. uh, important enough to be given their date of birth, right? Um, he did die November 7, 1971, murdered by French planters and troops. So he was born in Singalese, Africa, um, or it could have been born in Singles, Africa, or Jamaica. Um, but we do know this, that Africans, African-born slaves, or slaves that were close to the African roots, were usually the the strongest. They were usually the ones that scared Massa. Mm. So we can see why we're like, <laughs> why they're like, he could have been just born there. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because um, the ones that, were, of course, were born um, and conditioned into slavery were just more docile, mm -hmm. easier to control. Um, he taught himself how to read, which is how he got his name, which literally translates to bookman, hmm. man of the book, right? And so he's on, uh, he was sold by his British slave owner, the Britons were, you know, only Jamaica, and uh, sold to a French plantation owner. And that's how he ended up in Haiti, right? Um, taught himself how to read. When he also, he taught himself how to read, he taught other slaves how to read as well. And because of his intellect, this made him a very dangerous slave, right? This kind of reminds you who else taught other... I mean, it's, it's a historical thing. When you learn, you pass on that information, right? But I was just mm. thinking of Frederick Douglass, who also taught. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you could have died for this, guys. You know what I mean? And you know how some black folks don't know how to shut up. But you're still giving the information and putting your life on the line to teach people just how to read. Right. They're not about to get a job. They're not about to... Just to know. You know what I mean? Just for the love of learning. Um, always carried a Quran. You know, so he followed the Islam faith, right? And so he called on slaves to form an uprising in a legendary meeting called Bois Kaima. Now Bois Kaima is legendary because this is what catapulted uh the Haitian Revolution. So him and he he got uh he sent word around pretty much. Right. Cecile with uh, Cecile, another voodoo um, priestess. Right. Cecile Fatima. Right. So she was the one that actually went around and she spoke to people. So imagine just going around on a plantation and like, Psst, hmm. yo, I'm just saying <laughs> tonight there might be a meeting. I don't know. You know what I mean? You know, they got to speak in code. Right. And so. Right. And so if you want, this is already dangerous to meet. In the woods, this was in the woods, in the dark, about a slave uprising, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so, who came was ready. 
You know what I mean? Again, remember, there's always people that's telling, they're snitching. This was a very dangerous thing to do. And so he, they had this meeting late in the night, right? And this is called the Boakama meeting. And he's basically telling them, uh, this is when the this uh, prayer was said. But he, he was st- said to be a, like he stood tall, like a warrior, you know, had wild hair. You know, he also like had a harsh temper. So he was able to give rise to people, give like people strength and like encourage them and tell them, listen, this time on this date, we we gonna break, we gonna have, mm. we are going to take our people back, right? And there there was a, also, there was like an animal sacrifice, right? So you have this prayer, you have this animal sacrifice, you have people meeting, um, in secret in the woods. This was a religious, spiritual, and physical union. A pact was made, right? That we are going to do what we need to do, mm. to to fight for our 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 lives. Right. And they did. They just rose up and started killing people like it's just, you know, and it led into the Haitian Revolution, which is the first successful slave insurrection. I know you guys know this already. I mean, and this lasted 12 years. You've got to understand, like what these people are signing up for years and years of, of you know, what I mean, this ended. What's this? This is uh, 1971. It ended 1804. That's like 12 years. I'm sorry, 1791. Oof. It ended 1804. This is 12 years of of fighting. of of, And this is like guerrilla warfare. You know what I mean? Men, women, and children are fighting for their lives. Um, this changed the world, of course. Everybody knows the Haitian Revolution changed the world. Uh, and it defeated the white notion of black inferiority. That was like one of the most important things. Yeah. Because white people just could not. From what they were told, you know what I mean? They just could not believe. And also for people to rise up like that and then rule themselves, declare themselves free. First black-led nation, you know? And it was so bad. Napoleon, you know, you guys can look up the Haitian Revolution, but one of the most important things that happened was the Louisiana Purchase, which doubled the size of the U.S., which is wow because it's like... (laughs) How much was that? Like what? I can't remember the number, but it wasn't a whole lot. Oh, the money. Oh, he gave it to him for a steal because he was bleeding money yeah. in Haiti. He thought Haiti was going to be one, two, three, sent his best troops, 40 fleets, all that good stuff. And uh, no, partner. <laughs> nope. Haiti was whipping butt and he had to quickly sell to get some money mm-hmm. and and just gave it to the again. So even when because he really went, he was going to invade the U.S. But keep in mind when white people. <laughs> When even when they don't like each other, they will get together with each other to, get to come they'll, at you. They'll find, <laughs> they'll find a common ground. They will definitely because find because there them. is a common interest. Most definitely. Um, the themes I want to emphasize in this is spirituality, right? I do love that he emphasizes because you have to understand how religion has crippled the slave, right? I'm not going to talk about nowadays. I'm not going to talk about anything. Just in just this is facts. Religion crippled the slave, right? And so he's basically taking we're taking back our God, right? And he's saying, you know, our God is just. We don't know what they were praying to, right? right? And he's like, their God, their God, the white man's God asked him to commit crimes. He's pointing the obvious, right? And we, 
but you know what's in your heart is right because there's still people you know we're such an, a just and innocent and loving people there's still just, people that felt sorry for white people that. and even during the um uprising there were people that snitched but it was too late another lesson that's an interesting um um point what? Because in in a lot of my readings on black civilization, especially in Africa, um, a couple passages I remember reading was that in Africa, civilizations had never seen white people before. Mm. So when they came on the shores, they thought they were demons, literally. Mm. You know, you you you. You walk around and you only see blackness for your for generations, and all of a sudden you see these pale people. Pale people. Um, they thought a particular type of way, but to your point, and my point is, the nature of people, our people, any people of color, is from a position of acceptance. Yeah. Generosity. Generosity, love. Sharing. Mm-hmm. Sharing. Community. Native helping. Americans too. Native Americans mm-hmm. pretty much gave everything yeah. to white people. We this feel sorry just, for them. The point, like, is, the point is is that that's, this is something that is innate in people of color. And it gets exploited. And it's a downfall of many civilizations because of that. But go ahead. Yeah. No. So yeah. No, that's a great point. Um, so imagine snitching to on this uprising. Um, and that's what I was going to say. That's another lesson. It, once you have a certain conviction and you have the numbers, remember the theme here, unity. It doesn't matter. Um, they knew, you know, the, the slaves owners knew that this was a possibility. They had weapons. They had, they just got beat. <laughs> like the slaves were not having it and the slaves had numbers on their side. And keep in mind the Maroons joined. Like in, in Haiti, it was more black folks than white. So, again, keep in mind the mental hold that you need to be in a space that's mostly black folks and to be controlling them like this and to be treating them like this because that treatment was barbaric, right? And so... More to follow on that. Mm, barbaric. But yeah, so, the again, the conviction. I just love this prayer because he is speaking to... Um, I personally have... I believe that God is us, right? I don't separate my God into a separate person. Um, I think we're God. It's God is an extension of us, right? And so he's speaking to the God in them. Because like I, I said, some people had... Imagine, like, this is going to be a bloody war. Like, you you knew. They knew what they were up against. They, they witnessed firsthand, like, how barbaric these people can be. And again, you know, Keith just said that that's not really our nature. So you have to pull something out of you to meet them where they at. To be like, no, I'm not going to live like this. My children are not going to live like this. I'm fighting. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I felt like this prayer, he was speaking to the God in them. And that's why he's saying, listen to the voice for liberty that speaks in all our hearts. That connection, that unity, I think was, was such a good, that's how he got it. Not to mention, again, he's like a warrior. He's a smart man, knows how to gather the people. You also have Cecile Fatima. Voodoo priestess. Women women are... The, we'll talk into another time about how vital women are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But again, it's with Cecile Fatima. And I love to stress men and women. You know, a lot of times in history, you just see the man. You just see, you know what I'm saying? In our history, 
in black history, oftentimes in that, it's the man and the woman. You see us by each other's side. You see us, you know, she's gathering, she's nurturing, she's picking. She's buddying up with him and deciding this is what we're going to do. And he's like, yeah, I like this idea. It's not the man just decide what he wants and the women, I don't know what what <laughs> black history is uh you know the white history the, the women is just in the back somewhere mm-hmm. they just women just disappear you know what i mean even spiritual spirituality with with white people's marries somewhere in the back is, is god and his son you know what i'm saying yeah. so it's always us together the black and the woman it's always the family again unity um those are my impressions on this wonderful yeah, have, wonderful um, prayer also so- hold on sorry one more It'll, they also white people like to call this a pack with the devil because only the devil they felt could make them fight like this like voodoo mm-hmm. and all that stuff because mm-hmm. um, when they fought whew, you know what I'm saying they scared them mm. go ahead um, the white man's God asks him to commit crimes well documented researched written the basis of Eurocentric religion and religious beliefs according to Christianity or in the name of Christianity as a baseless divine right. See the paper bulls. If you don't know what the paper bulls are, it is, it is part of the Catholic faith. And it's the basis of what, basically what whiteness is and how the divine right, because of it, the mentality gives those who look in a certain way Eurocentric, give them the authority to do whatever they want to do. Mm. And it's the basis of what racism is today. So if you don't know what that is, you should. How that divine right and how the people bulls in, 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 in it, Catholicism, and how it shaped what is commonly referred to as race and inferiority in relation to whiteness. How that, quote, divine right to appropriate, overtake, infiltrate governments, attack and subjugate economic structures, occupy nations, murder, torture, and eliminate entire populations, erase intentionally and in many instances, if not that, indoctrinate an entire people into an into a Eurocentric faith, thereby transforming them into whatever the Euro based controlled system requires for said system to maintain its power. Nico, hmm. you, you can insert your missionaries if you want to. Top missionaries top So <laughs> when we talk about faith, of course it's a touchy touchy topic it is for a lot of people but at the same time if you are honest about what history is facts in in relation to human history not church. black history not white history we're talking about human history on this planet and how that is affected and who has it has it affected the most in in, in particular ways um it's really it's really easy to, to divide what's what and put on a, what side is on A and what side is on B. So I wanted to make sure that that was something that is put in the context about how um, the mesh religion, <laughs> religion is with and faith oppression has been used as a tool. Yeah. 
throughout human history. That's that's what I got. That's all I got. That's a great takeaway. Um, and I want to say uh, I like to tell, not like to, but uh, remind people that the Catholic Church blessed a genocide. Like, blessed it. Like, you may go forth and kill these people in the name of God. <laughs> like, I, I just want to make that clear because there is a lot of pushback. And like you said there, it is a touchy subject. It ain't touchy for me. <laughs> for a lot of I talk about it all our day. folks. For a lot of our folks, it's a touchy subject. But really just because it's one of those things that we're going to have to unpack and heal. Um, and just because something... We're not even going to talk about all of the... Not all. I'm not going to say all. But many, many, many books in the Bible where that origin came from. How it was basically. Go on, brother. <laughs> basically, taken from context that was already written mm. for centuries. They used for manipulation. But used for oppression. Let's go to the next poem. We can, we can. Um, but I do want to make a note that the announcement of a white god is 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 uh, was crucial. To this revolution and the Haitian Revolution is a blueprint, y'all. Don't forget that it is a blueprint to Black folks getting their freedom. We're gonna go on to the next poem, <laughs> and it's gonna be by Jacques Jacques Romaine, legendary poet, and it's called Salneg. Right? This is a French poem, but we have the translated version, which is why the title. I just kept the title, um, the original title of Salneg. Uh, which translate to dirty nigga. Y'all see? Y'all will find out in the poem. Mm. So, do you want to read this one? Or you want me to read it? No, okay. <laughs> okay. There you are. We, the Negroes, the niggas, the dirty niggas, we won't take anymore. It's simple. Through being in Africa and America, you your Negroes, your niggers, your dirty niggers. Surprise, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Surprise when we catch laughing hideously, the missionary by the beard to teach him in our turn we, we kicks on the behind that we don't give a damn about a God. If he's the father, well then, then it must be we. Must be we're only his bastards. Mm. Too late. For we, will have, for we will have risen up from the caverns of thieves, from the gold mines of Congo and of South Africa. Too late, it'll be too, it'll, it'll be too late to prevent it in the, in the cotton fields of Louisiana and the sugar plantations of the Antilles. The harvest of vengeance of the Negroes, of the niggers, of the dirty niggers, of the dirty Hindus, of the dirty Indo-Chinese, of the dirty Arabs, of the dirty Malays, of the dirty Jews, of the dirty proletarians. And here we were, we are standing up, all the damned of the earth, to finish once and for all with this world of the Negroes, of the niggers, of the dirty niggers. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, by Jacques Romain. Now, Jacques Romain is a famous 20th century <coughs> Haitian poet, 
author, political activist, diplomat, all around, bad man, bad man, you know what I'm saying? Um, born June 4th, 1907, Gemini, air sign, um, uh, passed away August 18th. 1944 y'all y'all getting it august boy comma was in august my man died in august um great time to bring these spirits up and just give him some praise right he's what we call a militant writer and if you remember from when we were talking about bad mama jamma gwendolyn brooks Mm. is a militant writer and those are poets who don't uh play nice right they don't appease the white crowd they write for their people talk for their people uh represent their people fully right um, and so he was from a mixed race middle class, but identified with black, with the black masses. His grandfather was the president of Haiti from, uh, the president of Haiti, 1912 to 1913. Right. And he was a part of a group of Haitian intellectuals who fought against the U S occupation of Haiti and for Haitian nationalism. He was arrested a lot <laughs> and then finally exiled from Haiti in 1936. Um, he, uh, was very good friends with Langston Hughes. I will say this, uh, and remember cross-cultural connections, right? Um, Langston Hughes traveled to Haiti to meet him. Spring of 1932, he the Harlem Renaissance ended. He wasn't feeling, he was a little depressed. You know, nobody cared about the black poet anymore. You know, y'all know the Harlem Renaissance, 1920s to the 30s, right. like this big flourishing of black intellect, creativity, brought on by the great migration and kind of everything just kind of landed in the lap of Harlem. Right. <laughs> Super cool. You know, yeah, all the Southerns coming up and finally being able to express their freedom. And, and so it was in style in vogue for a while. And so this is a, during a time where it was no longer in style. And Langston went to Haiti to find himself. And he went to meet up and, and, and poets and artists and writers and, and they ask around about, you know, people and, and he was told about this poet, Jacques Romain, you know, and this is also when Langston left Haiti, he left more political, more, you know, aware, aware, right? Eyes open. Um, and so the two actually found the strength in each other. Uh, Jacques Romain wasn't that aware of the black struggle. And I think, again, this is why I bring up cross-cultural connections, because a lot of times that happens where in the Caribbean world, we stay in the Caribbean world, you know what I mean? And in the the Harlem Renaissance, American black, you know, diaspora kind of stays in their little section. And we don't really know what they're doing over there. And they don't really know what we're doing over here. We just kind of see each other as black people. But when it comes to unity and what's going on, mm-hmm. we're not fully intertwined. And this is what happened when Langston met uh, Romaine. More to follow on that. You know, this is this is where they're like, what? This is happening to you and this is happening to me and this is happening to me in a different way. Well, let me show you how it shows up in this way. You know what I mean? Mm. And so um, that's how they got together. He actually uh, translated some of Romaine's work to from French to English. Romaine is more known in, in Europe um, in in America kind of shunned. <laughs> it's still hard to find stuff on Jacques Romaine because he was such a lightning bolt like he was just not about that life even though he came from privilege he just did not identify with it at all and he spoke from a place of knowing because he did come from privilege right um and and haiti was wild so you have to understand what that means to to be in exile to to have you know to really have your life in danger it it was 
really real. <laughs> it still is. You know what I mean? So now yeah, he was very brave, very brave man, but just unafraid. Um, and again, a militant writer, right? Not even talking this, but writing this down. Um, so, you know, I just, I just love that connection between the two of them. Um, the poem, the themes in this poem, unity, again, the denouncement of a white God, right? So it's going to start from the beginning, side neck, right? French for the word dirty niggas. And um, I believe he's saying this because, of course, this is how white people view us, right? So in saying that, in, in knowing that this is how white people view us, he's talking to them. This poem is very clear. Again, militant writer, right? <laughs> so because the, the dirty niggas, the, you know, this is how y'all view us. So clearly in this poem, I'm talking to you. Let's just make it clear, right? We won't mm -hmm. take any more. It's simple. Like we just start out. Look, he starts out, okay, there you are. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, let's get it. <laughs> you know, you ever see people like ready to fight? Like, oh, okay, let's do this right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and when he, I love when he says, through being in Africa, in America. And again, with that unity part, I feel like he's saying like they do us the same like they do over there. But we're basically being in African America. You know what I mean? Like, we're in America, but, like, we're through with this. <laughs> we're right. through with y'all doing us like this, right? right. Um, I love when he goes, surprise, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Uh, so, he was very anti-Catholic. <laughs> very, very much so. Um, and very much against missionaries. Um, understanding the great works that they did, but, again, just the oppression that they're enmeshed with. He spoke down on that. And the exploitation y'all can look up mission missionaries and, and see that for yourselves right um and then we said when we catch you laughing hideously um like he see we see the missionaries for exploitive for the exploitive measures that they take right to, to teach you your god i'll feed you but you have to literally give you a soul they're, they're buying souls right um and when he says laughing hideously i, I translate this to like their joy is ugly they find joy in destroying and oppressing black people mm. like you're laughing. It's just supposed to be a, a joyful thing. You know what I mean? But it's hideously. Like, it's so ugly. Because this is what you find joy in. Um, moving on down. When he says that we don't give a damn about who a God. We don't give a damn about a God who, if he's the father, well, then it must be. We must be. We're only his bastards. Right? And in this, he's saying, like, reevaluate what God you are worshiping and why. Right? Because if this is the father, we gotta be bastards. You know what I mean? Just being real clear and simple about certain things. We have, we must be, right? And so he's rejecting. Again, talking to these white people, he's rejecting them. You know, like, listen, you're gonna be surprised when this no longer works. Mm. Jesus, Mary, Joseph. You know, when this trick no longer works, you're gonna be surprised. And then, boom, it's gonna be too late. Redemption. When I saw that line and I'm reading it to myself, the first thing I thought of was, was Bob Marley, the redemption song. Mm. <laughs> like, ah, it's too late. For we will have risen up. And when he says we will have risen up from the caverns of thieves from the gold mine of the Congo in South Africa. From the places where white people do us the grimiest. Again, give, lending out strength and, and, and support unity. This is a Haitian man. In these places, I see your pain, brother. And even in these places, we will have risen up. Then he goes, too late. It'll be too late to prevent in the cotton fields of Louisiana. Again, unity. 
I see you, sister, over there. And we gonna rise up. And my mm-hmm. favorite line in this poem is the harvest of vengeance. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Because when you think of harvest, you think of patience, of skill, of labor, of love. And I believe nation building for black people is just that. It's a harvest of, it's a harvest of vengeance. Loving on your people like you, it doesn't sound like it. Like as I say, like when we said revolutionary love, right? It's an act. It's a political act just to love up on your brother freely, Mm. happily, out loud. Like him to love up on you back. Political in their eyes. Political in their eyes. But this is what he's referencing when he's saying the harvest of vengeance. Like I said, I just think of harvest and I think of the patience. I think of the skill. I think of the labor of love. When we rise up, it's going to be all that, right? Then he goes in, of the niggas, of the dirty niggas, of the dirty Hindus, of the dirty Indo-Chinese. And uh, if you want to think back to a prior episode, um, Baraka kind of did this. Um, Amiri was just kind of like including everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Rounding up the people. Um, now, stay with me now. Also, think of Dutty Bukman, right? Like... You got to know how to rise, get a rise out of the people. You got to know how to get to the heart of people and make them stand up and get this harvest of vengeance, right? And so he's talking about the dirty Arabs, the dirty Jews. The, this is how white people view all of us, right? This is how they treat. This is how they think of all of us, right? So he's catching all of their eyes. And he goes, and here we are standing up, right? In spite of what white people think and because those are opinions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The dirty Jews, the dirty Arabs. These are all opinions. And in spite of what they think, here we are standing up. Ain't that funny? Mm-hmm. Here we are. After all these, all this garbage you guys were spewing. You know what right. I mean? Um, and then he goes, all the damn of the earth. And I love this because outside of locations, all is the only thing that's capitalized. The only word that's capitalized in this poem. And again, unity. And he's like all the damned of the earth, all of us, to finish once and for all, right? We will change the narrative, is what he's saying, right? So again, mm-hmm. he's talking to, um, remember when we say, uh, you know, a skilled speaker, a skilled poet can speak on multiple frequencies, right? So he's talking to the white people, check this out. But he's also talking to us, right? Because a little dirty Arab's going to hear it and go, huh? You know, the dirty Jew going to hear it and go, huh? And think about it. They do us all like this, right? But look, we're still here, right? Still offering encouragement and still in us. So we have a job to do. All the damn of the earth to finish once and for all. And right. that's a part of the poem that stands out. If you ever look it up, it's also a part of the poem. Once and for all. Each has their own line. Right. <laughs> He's serious about this. We will change it, right? This This is going to happen. With this world of the Negroes, of the niggas, of the dirty niggas, right? So silent neck, like all of us, we're going to rise up and take what's ours. And we're going to make it right again. So, mm. that was my takeaway. Mm. Um, I like this phone. <laughs> mm. That was my takeaway. Uh, you have my any inter- impressions? My interpretation of the harvest of, ven- of vengeance mm-hmm. is um, a little different. Okay. Harvest of vengeance, to me, is a threat. Mm. It's threatening. It is. I agree. 
So with that no 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 connotation of difference. Um it feels different to white people. I'll explain. Please. Inherently, okay. I believe a fear in the collective white psyche if that happens, meaning a harvest of vengeance by people of color. Mm-hmm. It's long overdue. Mm. And in addition to, to give an example of preventing anything remotely related, the very idea of empowering a black mind, specifically, is threatening to this psyche, the white psyche. This inherent fear won't allow even discussion of the building blocks of a nation of slavery, institutionalized discrimination on all levels, persecution, limitation of freedom, freedom, just to name a few, as reference to the almost immediate passage state legislatures across this nation to prevent teaching any element of the 1619 Project or critical race theory. Mm. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me, let me go over this one more time. Go ahead, please. The very idea in a white mind to allow not just black people, 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 mm-hmm. to have an honest and clear understanding of, of what, what actually happened. Of what white people did mm. is a threat to the white psyche. Think about that. That's deep. So when I say the harvest of vengeance, a harvest of vengeance that has been accumulating over the entire history of humanity in people of color, that's at the back of mind of the minds of every white person. Every day. What they gonna do? I wonder if he gonna be the one. And that's a crazy part because you'd rather live like is he that gonna be, than is to he gonna be the pay one? your debt. That's what is wild to me. It's almost akin to the Fourth of July episode, July mm-hmm. episodes when I spoke they of are. the freedom of the captured and how why in the hell would the captors want those who were captive to be free? And all of a sudden, help your prior property be prosperous. Ridiculous. Why would, why would the system of white supremacy want the people who are subjugated to be aware? Why would they help? This is my point. Why would a society built on denial all of a sudden want to help and understand anything. Ridiculous. It is. Just the notion of it. It's... Um, and I wanted to add something else when he was talking about of the dirty Arabs, of the dirty Malays, of the dirty Jews, of the dirty proletarians. Mm-hmm. I'm adding of the, of the dirty Africans, the dirty Dominicans, the dirty Hondurans. <laughs> the dirty Asian Pacific Islander, the Alaskan, the First Nation, the South American, the fill-in-the-blank fear of a black planet. That's fear. It is. Like, you're literally, as a person of European descent, you're, like, surrounded every day. You are. 
You are. And everybody has their culture. There is no minority in reference to melanated people on this planet. Mm. Try. It is numerically impossible. Try, y'all. The minority of human beings on this planet are those who classify themselves as white. That is a fact. The requirement and labeling of this lie is to engender psychological inferiority in a people. Divide and conquer. An inherent mental inadequacy from infancy throughout life. Have them believe it in order to maintain control psychologically and mentally and power in the system of white supremacy. We are no minority. There was nothing about us that is a minority. Mm-mm. Show ain't. Words have power. Words lend power to an inevitable reality and consequence. Words can change an entire people's trajectory in existence. See religion. <laughs> We're talking about religion. religion. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big part of it. It's How a much big part has of religion it. Paid, made a difference in, in multiple countries of Africa by being infiltrated by missionaries and Christianity and all these other things? Stockholm Syndrome. The <laughs> person that's doing you wrong. It's the person that's feeding you and helping you. It's very evil. Um, very oppressive. Very subtle and sneaky as well. Um, very good point, sir. Yeah. Do you, uh, are you ready to move on to reading? Sure. Book Mind's Prayer. How many signs? We got my man out, sneaking in the dead of night. With a whole bunch of other slaves, sacrificing animals, making a pact with God and each other. We're going to wake up and kill everybody. We ain't black. I'm doing five for both. <laughs> oh! I'm going to have to join that uh, five son train, brother. Mm. I'm definitely going to have to join. Because, <laughs> uh, um,. Yeah, Dati Bookman is an amazing individual, Cecile Fatima. But those are power players in history. Um, Jacques Romain, Langston Hughes, I mean, power players. And all of these people have made waves that touch this entire planet. <laughs> touch so many people. Mm. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, definitely Five Sons on my part, too. Okay, we got a Five Son episode. I so, uh... Um, we ready to go on to our bars? Then? Bars. Oh, okay. Lyrical bars that are impressive. We both come up with one. You can go first. Decide if it's bars or not. Nah. Uh, ooh. Hi. So I'm gonna go with. We're gonna go to the year 2000, y'all. Mm. We're gonna go to this album called Voodoo. And this man called D'Angelo. Mm. <laughs> and now he ain't telling you how does it feel. This is actually a song called Africa. Mm-hmm. And here's my bars. Africa is my descent. And here I am far from home. I dwell within a land that is meant for many men, not my tongue. The blood of God is my defense. Let it drop down to my seed. Showers to your innocence to protect you for all eternity. And with this wood, I beat this drum. And we won't see defeat. From kings to queens become a prince. Knowledge, wisdom is understanding that is 
Knowledge, wisdom is understanding what we need. And that is D'Angelo. Voodoo album, y'all. Y'all need to get some D'Angelo. Where's D'Angelo from? Where is he from? I don't know where D'Angelo is from. He's from Portsmouth, Virginia. He is not. He ain't from no Virginia. He got too much soul. Why you mad? You mad? He got a little too much flavor. He got y'all. It's, it's I don't even really believe Keith is from Virginia. Sometimes y'all like Look, it's yeah. just it's uh, huh, we'll debate this it's later. A Virginia thing you wouldn't understand. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll debate my this. boss. <laughs> we sick and tired of your ism schism games. Dying to go to heaven in the Jesus name. Mm. We know when we understand Almighty God is a living man. You can fool some people sometimes, but you can't fool all people all the time. And now we see the light. We're going to stand up for your rights. Bob Marley, get up, stand up. 1973. Hey, uh, 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 uh. hey, get up, stand up. Hey. Now you know I'm going to get up, Bars. <laughs> like um, you, it's Bob Marley. Y'all, we not even gonna intro. We not gonna explain. It's Bob Marley. I shouldn't even have to explain D'Angelo, but I'm gonna let it slide. What you think about uh Africa from the Voodoo album? I just pause. All right. I just pause. Thank you. He dedicated that song to his son, by the way. Real mm-hmm. dope. Um, I give Angela. balls to anybody from Virginia. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. It's inherent. It's still up for debate. I don't know if he really from Virginia. Would you like to bet? I'm Caribbean, y'all. So anytime I'm what like... What bet would you like to like, make? Uh, 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 I like taking like money. Just American. I just, I just have the question. Will we shake on five dollars? I have the question. Man, I, I'm not shaking on five dollars. Oh, I'm just you saying. You don't want to? I'm you're just not, you're not confident? I just want to further examine this. Why does it have to be a bet? Well, this is on the spot. I don't you're, like that. No, I'm not doing You're so sure. I mean, <laughs> you can just make the bet. So, we learned a lot today. I win. We, <laughs> we learned a lot today. We gathered into the woods late at night. Those who came, those who didn't want to listen to Cecile Fatima and just went to bed, y'all lost. You know what I'm saying? Y'all just woke up and the uprising was happening. So, you just missed out. Um, those who, uh, you know, came and, and, you know, drank some blood with us and made a pack and prayed with Dutty Bookman. Um, you know, we had our little prayer and we started up the Haitian Revolution. Then we went to Haiti and you know I mean we took that boat with uh Langston Hughes and we went to go visit Jacques Romain and uh listen to him talk about Selneg, right? And how we're gonna rise up and take back what's ours. Uh we you know, spoke about unity, right? And cross cultural connections, right? Just because somebody is from a different place than you doesn't mean that you can't learn from them, right? Doesn't mean that you guys don't have a lot in common. Um, I want to ooh, give shout outs. I want to give a special shout out to Miss Marie. <laughs> she listens to every one of our episodes. She shared that her own mother would warn her against shaving her body hair. So our hairy conversation episode mm. really resonated with her. Thanks, Mama, for listening and reaching out. Um, enough respect, enough respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a homework assignment. And I will say that whether it's someone in your neighborhood or someone in history, this week's assignment is to seek out a person that comes from a different culture and reflect on your similarities as well as your differences, right? And just to see what are they doing or have done that you could, uh, what are they doing or have done to be an asset in their community that could inspire you to contribute to yours? 
And by community, could be a neighborhood, could be just your family, right? What are they doing to, you know, that could be inspiring you? You know, certain cultures cook more. Certain cultures, you know, have meetings, you know, family mm-hmm. reunions. Just look into different cultures. I know family reunions is something different for me. I, I didn't grow up with it. I'm super Caribbean. Um, but that's like an American black thing. And I love that. I actually want to, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but it, that's one of the things that inspired me. But mm-hmm. something to that effect, right? Grow, learn from each other. Um, that's this week's homework. And uh, then, you know, let me know what you find out. Hit me up on the When We're Poetic Facebook page or Instagram, WW Poetic Podcast. Um, don't forget we have a When We're Poetic playlist on YouTube if you're looking for some little tunes, right? Um, all our bars, we put, you know, our music up on there just so you have a reference. Hmm, mm-hmm. am I missing anything, kid? No, yeah, All right, guys, that's all it's going to be. I think that was a lot. Um, y'all don't be doing your homework. Y'all need to do your homework and hit me up and let me know what's going on. Um, but uh, this is it. That's it, y'all. This is when we're poetic, sending love and light your way. Peace.